0: This is efficiency on demand. On demand. High performance. Leadership. People think overwhelm, craziness. Craziness. No time. No time. No fun. No fun. Just work, 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 work. It's time to slow down, to speed up. You owe more to yourself. This is efficiency on demand with Monique. Monique is a high-performance and leadership specialist. During the show, Monique and her guests will share the harsh truth behind their success stories, what it means to perform on a high level and to be a leader in this world. It's time to take control of your time and live life limitless. This is Efficiency on Demand, and this is your host, Monique.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Efficiency on Demand. I know you guys were waiting. We had a little seasonal break. I didn't even plan for it, but well, here we go. We're back. And I have a wonderful, wonderful guest on the show. i love to have him. I didn't even tell him that I wanted him on the show for a while, but sh- don't let him know because <laughs> that makes everything less magical. So now here's on the show. and. Asa, I hope I pronounce his surname correctly because I didn't practice. Level, Oh, he's nothing. Woo-hoo. <laughs> I made my French from past school kind of work. So Asa is an amazing entrepreneur and he's going to share with us a little bit about his journey, but I let him tell you more about that. So Asa, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here.
2: And thank you so much for having me. I'm very grateful to be here and thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome. So we start always off with just telling everyone who you are, where you're from, and what you do.
2: Sure. So first off, uh, because I'm from Oklahoma, and my mother would not like for me not to do this, I would want to say hello to everyone that's listening. We used to get in trouble <laughs> growing up, place, and did not say hi to everyone there, we would get in trouble. So I'm making sure my mother doesn't. <laughs> I'm not in trouble with her. So if you're listening, hello. I'm so thankful that you are listening to the show. Glad that you're here. My name is in fact Asa Laveau and I am considered America's number one Entre Queer newer Coach. Yes, that was, I did not stutter. Entre Queer newer Coach. I have been doing that since 2012, again from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma in the United States. Currently that will be changing in just a few years. But I do that particular skill set, helping LGBTQ entrepreneurs create their first $10,000 in business authentically. I do that because so many of my queer siblings just are in the mindset that they have to be something other than who they are in an effort to be successful.
1: Yeah. And that's why I love you so much, because not only do you share that with others, but you authentically just be who you are. And what I especially love about you is that whoever follows you, there's just pure love and uplift on your newsfeed. And there's just no tracking down. There's no bullshitting. There's no hate. There's no like bitching about others. There's just coming from a place of love and just sharing that and also calling people in to be their higher selves. And I really, really love that. So let's share a little bit. How did you start? well, that's really weird to ask. I think how did you start a journey to be queer? because like you're born like that. So let me rephrase. <laughs> sometimes i I talk before I think, so that happens. So but how did you how did you get to coming out and to be your authentic self?
2: So I love the question, and even if you asked the question like you're originally gonna pose it, I would not have taken offense to that. I just, and I do want to say that just for start, if you are LGBTQ plus, and you're listening to this, and I hope that you, even if she did ask it that way, you don't take offense to that because we have to stop canceling people because it's based on energy. She did not have the energy to make me feel wrong or make me feel bad. So please, when you're thinking about possibly canceling somebody, always consider the energy. Okay. So with that being said, yes, I can talk about far as the journey of coming out. And just to be clear, I didn't think I was. And the reason why I didn't think I was because in my community, where I grew up, it wasn't a possibility. So for someone like me, that grew up like I did to come out would be like someone growing up on a uh, a cattle ranch in Texas in the 1940s, to think that one day they could be vegan.
1: Wow! Yeah. Right. I get
2: that. <laughs> so if you grow up like me, a little black boy in Oklahoma, growing growing up where both of my parents are pastors, and a Christian denomination called the Church of God in Christ. If you don't know about the Church of God in Christ, I will say that it is a likened to being. Amish, but Black, so but women aren't allowed to wear pants, women aren't allowed to wear makeup, women aren't allowed to speak from the pulpit, men are not allowed to wear shorts, like those types of dogmatic ideas. And so when you come from a place like that, like I did, the possibility of being queer in any capacity was just totally foreign like totally foreign mm-hmm. to me. So I didn't grow up looking at other little boys thinking, "Oh my god, he's cute." I would if I saw a guy that was attractive, I'd like, "Oh, he must get a lot of girlfriends." Cuz that was the, that was the extent of my brain. That was it. It wasn't so I didn't really now of course because I've never been, you know, quote-unquote alpha maleish. I've never been that guy that was just, you know, clear, in the clear of being harassed as though I was. So even though I did not identify with the queer identity, I was still ridiculed and bullied as though I were. So that Mm -hmm. looks like, you know, have being on a school bus and literally the boys in the back of the bus would take matches with matchbooks, light the matches on fire and then throw them at me in an effort to light me on fire.
1: What the fuck?
2: <laughs> what the fuck is right? <laughs> it, was, it was totally a what the fuck moment. And why did they do that? They did that because I was different. I was alpha male ish. I didn't want to play football. I wanted, there was a, a little toy in the 80s called a spirograph. All I wanted to do was sit in the corner and play with my spirograph. So a spirograph is when you take a multicolored pen. And then you Mm -hmm. use these geometric shapes that have interlocking gears. And you can make all these geometric shapes with different colors. All I wanted to do was play with my spirograph or read my Sherlock Holmes books. That's all the fuck I wanted to do. I didn't want to bother you. I didn't want to have to fight anybody. I just wanted to be left alone with my thoughts, my books, and my spirograph. But they wouldn't let me. (laughs) They tried to light my ass on fire. So... Because of those situations, I had to learn how to fight very early in life. Mm -hmm. I didn't desire that. I became very good at it, I must say. But (laughs) I did not desire that for myself. So coming out for me actually started very late. Well, I would say compared to other people, it was comparatively late in life. The first time I saw someone that I was like, oh, my God, I might want them was when I was in the Army. Yeah, good place. Yeah, good place. Choose one. Well, good place and not good place because this is before "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" was repealed in the United States. So you could literally be discharged from the army if someone found out that you were. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That lasted until two thousand. 14 or 15 around that time period when it actually was repealed. So it wasn't until then, but when I, the only thing that really made me come out, the journey started there, but it wasn't until I was 30. I'm 37 now. 30 is when I came out. Why did I come out? Because I fell in love with a very, 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 did I say very, very (laughs) beautiful. I mean, this, oh my God, he was fine as hell. (laughs) Yes, fine as hell. So I fell in love with someone in Texas when I was um, doing some military work there. And I was like, I'm not used to keeping my love quiet. I don't understand Mm -hmm. the concept. Of course, there are many people that are like, you know, who I love is my business. But ever since I was six, if I'm in love with you, everybody in my life knows. I'm talking about
0: everybody
2: (laughs) in my life knows, including the person, the the, uh, attendee at the gas station. Everybody knows when I'm in love with someone. And so the possibility of keeping that quiet is foreign to me, even though this new love possibility was also foreign. But I'd rather be in love with someone like me than not tell everybody about how good it felt.
1: Mm. Wow. That, okay, can we just stop right here for a <laughs> second? Because I think something that a lot of people, including me, could learn from because I'm quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. I'd rather don't love. I'd rather don't even love instead of falling in love with someone who may not make the cut. So I'm, like, very mm. diligent. I'm, like, mm, is it 99 out of 100%? Mm. <laughs> 98.5, mm, I'm not sure. It's not 99. So I'm very, you know, <laughs> and I think that was for a very long time a coping mechanism as well, obviously, because um, there are a lot of backstories on my end. So I have worked on this a lot, but there's just like, I think there's just this lens still where I'm like, okay, but once I fall in love, it's like all in. It's like, okay. All in. I don't have to tell anyone about it necessarily, but it's like all in, and I'm like, here's everything, take it. You know? And then they're like, wait, wait, all of them, all of them, all of them, Okay. Well, damn.
2: I totally get all of that. Totally get all of that. And I will say, as i, I so I'm just like you <laughs> in that regard. When I fall in love with someone, I'm like, all right, you now have the keys to the kingdom. Do as you will. Yeah, you are free to fly about the country. (laughs) So what I've learned that a lot of times people don't love the way I love. And also Mm. people try their best to love me the way that they failed in loving the last person they were with. So because of that, I literally have to teach people what love looks like, tastes like, sounds like, feels like for me, so that it can be reciprocal and delicious. Mm. Isn't
1: that exhausting?
2: No, it's not. Because because I don't put because I I, time in which they should learn it. Once I take any and all levels of expectation out of this love relationship scenario all of a sudden now it's just grace and space literally mm-hmm. grace and space and i and now also i'm very i'm i'm overly vocal about how I am and how I love in the beginning. So, okay, so let's say on Tinder, I swipe right, they swipe right, ding, 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 it's a match. Everybody goes, oh, it's a match. Um, (laughs) And of course, I don't immediately go into it. I say, hey, how you doing? I think you're attracted all that. But when we start, after about a week or so, of just, wow, I text and then they text and then I text and then they text, but no one gets ghosted. So once all that happens, I literally start the process of saying, would it be, oh, do you have the capacity to learn or to know how I do relationships? Because I really do like you. Like, I like you. And yes, I actually say that. I like you. I don't just because we match put that into, well, you should know. No, I actually verbalize it. And I asked them, do you have the capacity for me to tell you about what this could look like for me if we keep going? And then I started telling them, look, when I'm in somebody, I'm all about the kisses. I know my love language. It's all about quality, time and connection. I can give a damn about what you buy me. If you ever buy me anything, I really don't care. because that's not who I am. So I go into all of that. But that all starts with understanding who I am. I'm only able to Mm -hmm. articulate because I actually took the time and found out
1: yeah I love that so when you tell them and they they say yeah I have the capacity then you tell them all and they're like uh, ah, mm, let me run <laughs> what's that like
2: and I give them grace and space to run I give them the grace and space okay. to run <laughs> because I've had I've had people run you know, six months, a year into it. And so my thing is, how about I just Mm. go ahead and over-communicate now so that they can run now? And then also tell them, if you decide to stay, you can stay. Because I have a um, a tattoo on my arm. Mm. This one. So this tattoo literally says, Mm. whatever comes, let it come. Whatever stays, let it stay. Whatever goes, let it go. And that's yep. with every Amen. everything and everybody. So if they run, that's fine. You can run, um, because let's just be totally honest. There hasn't been an agreement. There hasn't been an agreement of exclusivity yet. There's only mm-hmm. been a getting to knowing. And a lot of times, I see that people confuse the getting to know me period with exclusivity. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I no longer get those confused. I'm very clear. If it's right. exclusive, it's exclusive. But also, I give also with that exclusivity, also remember that we're humans and sometimes people change their minds and even they change their minds about you. And that's okay.
1: That shit happens. Yep. <laughs> that
2: shit happens all <laughs> the time. So because it happens, <laughs> I don't expect it to happen, but I do give grace and space when it happens because it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's just mean you grew or you you, you found out some new no information. And it's okay, but you don't have to, I tell them, up front, you don't have to ghost me if you change your mind, if you do fine, but you don't have to ghost me if you change it, not at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that conversation, but I do want to know what happened with your military love and from there on.
2: <laughs> okay. So that was my first same-sex relationship. And I have to admit that was not healed from a lot of trauma and other relationships that manifested this one. And even mm-hmm. though they were beautiful, I mean, fine as hell. If y'all saw the picture, y'all be like, oh shit. So <laughs> <laughs> even though that was a case, I was in a relationship by myself. hmm And for those of you who understand what it's like to be in a relationship by yourself, you will understand that one day you really have to think about the fact that there's no love being served here. Why am I still eating at this place? If I desire love, if I want love to be served, and love has not been served here for quite some time, why do I keep pulling into the parking lot? So, Amen. <laughs> so I had to get the hell out of the parking lot. <laughs> it took some time. Um, it took it took a it took a few years to get over him, a couple of years to get over him. But it finally happened. And I, and instead of blaming him, I started to think about all the components that I brought to the table to allow that level of dysfunction to marinate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what part did I play over and over and over again? Why did I allow myself to succumb to this icky, irky, cringy level of love because I wasn't loving me? I didn't even set the standard of what love looked like. And Mm -hmm. I didn't tell him to stop. I never, I was just like, yeah, whatever you give me, I'll take. I'll give whatever you take just so I can be next to you. And that, looking back, is total bullshit. <laughs> I just don't, I don't do that anymore. So I will say, I still love him because he taught me a great lesson. He prepared me to mm-hmm. be great for someone else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wait. so what was the journey for you then to maybe, let's say, officially out yourself to your family, to your friends? How did it look like?
2: Yeah. So again, I was in Texas. I'm from Oklahoma. So even though I was, I had fallen in love with this guy. The thing about it was nobody around me knew. So the first call that I, because I'm all about the easy win, <laughs> I'm all about <laughs> the easy win. First person I call was my friend Rod, my best friend Rod. We've uh, been friends since we were 17, so about 20 years now. And he's by, And I knew that if I connected with him, he would probably be the least judgmental person. So I called Rod. Like, Rod, I got something to say. He's like, what's up? I said, mm, I think. Yes, I said think not, no. I think I might be a possibility <laughs> of. Um, that when I see myself in the future, <laughs> like, I was really crazy. About like, when I see myself in the future, I don't necessarily, like, all the time, think it's going to be a chick there. He was like, what are you saying to me, Asa? <laughs> um, that I don't, I might not just see myself with a girl. That might not be the totality of my future love life. He's like, you're trying to tell me you're bi? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, okay, sure. I said, what if I was? He's like, dad, let's go to the club now. I was like, okay. <laughs> so that went, that went great. And then he he was like my he was like my gay coach. So he showed me <laughs> all the places to go, who not to mess with, who had been with everybody already. I'm sex positive, but let's just be honest, even though I'm sex positive, meaning I Yes, if you any level of sex you do, great. However, I just don't want to be with one person that everybody in town has been with. That's all I'm saying. You yes, I I am fighting for your right, not fighting, allowing for your right for to do everything you want to do sexually. However, when it comes to me, I just don't want to be, you know, at HM <laughs> and or the Gucci <laughs> store or the Gucci store, and everybody at the Gucci store knows what you feel like i just don't desire that for myself
1: i feel you. that's
2: just me personally that's an ace of That <laughs> so
1: it's also um, when you thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> gotcha so the next person was my mother so i had got the easy one out the way and i remember my parents pastors of mm-hmm. black pentecostal churches in the united states in Oklahoma. All right. So I get up the nerve. <laughs> I get up the nerve. And I actually do it at work. I don't do it when I'm off work. I do it at work just so that depending on how it goes, I can go back to being busy and get my mind off of it. So I go ahead and tell her. And the way I tell her, I said, mom, I have something to tell you. I said, I think there may be a possibility that I like a guy. She's like, what do you mean? I said, I don't know what you think I meant by that, but I'll say it again. (laughs) Um, I believe that I like a guy. She's like, maybe you're just a phase. I said, how about I'm over 30? (laughs) I'm done with
1: phases.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, that's not what this is. I'm over 30. We don't do phases over 30. So I said, no, like, seriously, I found a guy. I'm really into him. And I wanted you to know, and I didn't want you to have to find out. But, yeah. Now, this this conversation was also, like I said in the beginning, it's very, it's weighted. It's burdened a little bit because my family and friends have been literally, not just figuratively, literally been fighting other people on my behalf of people who call me gay or queer Or whatever growing up because in Oklahoma Mm. in the 80s and 90s in the places I grew up like I grew up adjacent to a neighborhood that was nicknamed murder one literally the neighborhood Mm. is called murder one so in those type of places no you aren't vilified or confirmed in your identity of being gay or queer and so that's a literal insult in the 80s and 90s so Now I'm telling them that all that fighting was, quote unquote, in vain. Even all her brothers, like all my uncles, literally ridiculed me for years because of my demeanor. So when I tell her and we finally get through the whole it's not a phase, she's like, I'll call you back. And we don't talk for a few weeks. Now, this is significant because me and my mother talk daily. We've always talked daily. Or at least every other day, in some form or fashion. So, I wasn't necessarily hurt by it by the by the the no communication time, but I definitely it caused me pause. It caused me a heart centered pause, mm-hmm. and it took some time for her to engage me again. And then the first time she did was a question like this: "Hey, Asa." Hey, mom. So about what you told me. I said, yeah. Are you a top or a bottom?
1: Yeah. Sorry.
2: (laughs) I was like, uh, for real, for real? She was like, yeah, for real, for real. I said, well, I'm a top. I'm not sure what that means. It took me about a week to actually just think about it. Well, What it means is in my culture of being African-American, Black, there is this idea that cultures other than ours are, they have a war against Black men. And that somehow Mm -hmm. these other cultures, i.e. white people, have feminized our men to the point that feminization in the Black community as far as men are concerned, and even sometimes women, it's seen, seen as something that needs to be taken out, almost like a disease.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's it's very, it's layered. It's a layered cultural phenomenon to be queer in Black culture in America. For sure. Not saying that other cultures may not have those same layers, but I'm only speaking about the one that I know for, fa- for sure. So even the question is something that I don't necessarily care for because it's now it's about how what value do you really have in this particular context. Mm-hmm. So wow. I don't... Yeah. <clears throat> now, of course, when it's done on a same-sex dating site and someone asks, they just want to know because they want to know if we're sexually compatible. But when usually a heterosexual person asks, it's like, okay, you want to know how you can treat me. You want to be like, okay, can I say, hey, bitch, to you? <laughs> because when you do all of those type of things that are uh, likened to the vernacular of Billy Porter, the vernacular of RuPaul, and those types of individuals, that's common. But when you're someone like me, Not everybody knows that I am just by sight. I definitely am someone who passes as straight. Um, And that is a thing being straight passing because I don't get ridiculed as much as someone who's overly flamboyant, overly feminine. Even though I love overly feminine (laughs) individuals, I really do. They don't always, they rarely get the support that they deserve.
1: Right. Wow, that's definitely a lot of layers and also things that I believe, as you say, they're very cultural originated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So since I'm not from America, I can't really speak on the cultural complex. And I'm obviously not black. So it's very hard for me to speak on that experience either. But it seems like there is, um, as you say, like a lot of different complexities but the question alone that this was the first question that your mom would ask I can imagine that is definitely something to take in definitely yeah yeah so <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah I I can't I personally wouldn't believe if like a friend for me or like my sister or maybe like a family member would came out to me that this would be my first question that I would want to know. But I, like, I can see if you have that many layers that maybe that would have been a, somehow a um, confirmation or a validation for your mom
2: mm-hmm. in yeah, some it's ways. All, it's all about being able to, quote unquote, save face in the community mm. when someone finds out. Okay, so ACES, because in, in Black culture, in, number, okay, in the very, very rudimentary, basic level Black c- culture, there is no LGBTQIA. There is gay. Mm. So even though I identify as pan, pansexual, someone is going to walk up to my mom and be like, oh, so her ace is gay. <laughs> and so right. the thing that makes that better is that I'm not the quote unquote feminine partner of the relationship. So there's no demasculization of her child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Almost to the point that somehow because if someone decides to be on the receiving end of sex, it's now somehow their manhood has been dismantled. Right. Right.
1: Ooh, ouch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, for real. Wow. So what... Looking forward to be honest, like I wanna speak a little bit about the situation right now, especially in the US. We know there's twenty twenty still going on. We all try to get through it. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhat the other way. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's like I'm okay, I'm gonna prephrase it and I'm still gonna say it. Sure. I know this sounds typical white person bullshit talk. When I say, when I say I can't believe that we're in 2020 and we still have to talk about human rights for everyone, especially like LGBTQ. And still, like I have been in this activism space a lot as well for many, Mm -hmm. many years. Right. And still, I still can't believe after, like we talked about this in the fucking 1950s, (laughs) 1960s, 1970s, 1980s in the nineties, like I had all of the rainbow colors and Mm -hmm. here we are in 2020. And I'm like, and we're still talking about the same thing. Is that, is that going to get anytime different? Right. So I think this is where my perspective comes from that. Sometimes I'm just shaking my head and I'm like, it feels like every, every generation is having the same fight. And, and that's it. We're having just the same fight over and over again. So, if you could wish for the LGBTQ plus community, Mm -hmm. I think what would be your desire to, for them, like as their acknowledgement or maybe as their, simply as their rights, which is still something like, when I say that, I'm still again shaking my head anyways, Mm -hmm. we, we leave that. But what would be, especially in America, it's different in other countries, but we also know that in some countries, you can't even acknowledge to be a part of this community because then you may lose your life, right? So there are still that. countries out there that haunt you down if you mm-hmm. openly acknowledge to be a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Do I miss a that, that right. LGBTQ?
2: No, no, LGBTQ+. Matter of fact, if you just did LGBT+, because I'm part of the plus. So that's why I always make sure I add it, because I'm definitely a part of that plus. Well, yeah, I, I accept that totally is acceptable for me. So, so one thing that I would say is that I don't believe that we have the same fight. And the reason why I say that is because let's just take America. In the 40s and 50s, if you were found out to be queer identified, your name could be published published in a newspaper. You would lose your job. Um, You lose all friends and associates. And you'd be basically forced to leave your community and or put in jail. And or committed to a mental institution. Right. So I, I can see that. So I definitely don't feel that we have the same fight. However, it, it does all it does also oftentimes feel that the strides that have been done with all those beautiful humans that have come before me, I'm very thankful to all of them, that somehow those you know, just inalienable rights. Are holding on by a very, very slim thread. Like mm-hmm. at any moment, it just be cut the hell off. Just, just cut. So that doesn't always bring me joy to think about that. But what does bring me joy is thinking or remembering that no one can give me a right. No one can give me rights. No one can fight for my rights. Why? Because they're mm-hmm. my rights. I, I came mm-hmm. into this earth bearing them like they're mine. It's like no one can take us, can cut off my oxygen. Like you can't, they're, they're, it's here, <laughs> like I'm breathing. <laughs> you can't siphon off my oxygen. just like you can't siphon off my rights. And also with this year being 2020, even in the pandemic, I still have the right and the ability to do something that trees cannot, which is Move. <laughs> So now, of course, I also think about my queer siblings who are like 11 years old, 14 years old, living in in these very restrictive households and communities and religious sects and all sects and all this, these types of things. So, of course, I'm always thinking about them and, and the fact that sometimes it's very difficult to move and you have to traverse that journey very intelligently until you reach an age where you can. So I'm, I'm very thoughtful about that. But for those of us who are 18 and up, if we don't like something, we don't have to stay. We literally mm. do not have to stay there anymore. Um, I often say online that I go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. And that's, that's something yeah. that I live every day. So that's something that I would tell my queer siblings to remember is that my hope for you in this right now moment is that you look around yourself, stop doing your best to fight every single thing. So, stop trying to fight every single big on Facebook, stop trying to cancel every single person that says something you don't like on any social media platform or in person literally switch your attention to everything that doesn't serve you until everything that brings you joy it's literally it's about shifting your attention get more Mm. of what you bring your attention to it's just like in business if you want more money you need to focus on more money and stop hanging around broke bitches
1: (laughs) amen yeah.
0: Like, seriously, you, you, know what, the- if you if that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. You're listening to Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Monique. We'll be right back after these messages. But in the meantime, find more resources at efficiencyondemand.com.
1: Hey, everyone. This is your host, Monique. If you want to learn more about time management, impactful leadership, mindset mastery, and energy efficiency, then you can now order my new book, The Time Method, a no-bullshit guide to creating an abundance of time. Just go to www.thetimemethod.com or you can click the link in the show notes below. And please, I would love for you if you can share, rate, and review this podcast so many other people can find and benefit from it too. Thanks for tuning in. I really love to have you here.
0: You're listening to Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Monique.
1: Right. The thing what you said to me, though, about the 40s and the 50s, being like people being publicly shamed, I kind of feel like that social media cancel culture is the replacement of that today.
2: Yes, agree.
1: And... Like I've seen, I don't know if it was a fake news article about uh, pr- President Obama and his old relationship um, to a man or whatever. And I'm like, OK, so now the elections are coming up and you got to have to dig out bullshit of the old president. that has nothing to do with this election, but that definitely brings really bad light onto the black community and on whatever work he has done. And you're going to have to trash and smash the heck out of him. Like, what does he have to do with like, you know what I mean? And so I feel like this is. And this just is think about that. And Monique, Monique, just,
2: even, just even think about what you just said. Not that it's wrong. Please don't take, please don't take that uh, part out of what I'm about to say. So I'm not saying what you said was wrong. Not at all. But even to the point of you're weaponizing queerness to soil someone's right. reputation. Right? So who Isn't I that crazy? Yeah. so who I am can be weaponized.
1: Right. That's what I mean yeah. with like the comparison <laughs> between the 50s and today <clears throat> where I mean like I don't I sometimes don't feel like the fight has shifted it's just turned into a digital version of you.
2: it. I get that. You I know? totally get that. But luckily even let's just say Obama did come out. <laughs> let's just say he came out. The response wouldn't be as finite as if it were 1956 mm. so i will yeah, say yeah, that yeah.
1: yeah yeah gotcha even, yeah, even yeah.
2: if he stayed with michelle or not it just wouldn't be as finite and that's what i mm-hmm. do take great joy in that i don't have mm-hmm. to be in that world luckily thankfully yeah. but i do still understand you i definitely do
1: yeah, I totally know. I see that. And I think it's like the same thing for like um, reproductive rights for women, for example, you know, <laughs> every year again, <laughs> we're like, oh, all of these white middle aged men or really old men in the Supreme Court deciding what we women should be doing with our bodies. That's fantastic. That's exactly the audience that should be exciting about our (laughs) body.
2: Not. (laughs) Because I I personally think if you don't have a uterus, you shouldn't control anyone who has one.
1: Yeah, they should just shut the fuck up. Simple as that. But we didn't get to this point yet of having them shut up. So, (laughs) but it's the same, it's the same thing. I think for, it's the same thing for people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community. If I'm not a part of this community, I shouldn't have a say about what you do and what you don't do.
2: Agreed, agreed. I totally agree.
1: Same thing, you know?
2: Same damn thing, however, but then there's this, there's also a dichotomy in our cultural communication to where it's like before people come out, people speculate. And Freddie Prince in the movie about his life, Queen. think that's the movie about in the in the movie people speculated 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 and speculated about his sexual orientation same thing with me people speculated 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 publicly even like literally going public about their speculations but then when someone comes out and says, oh, you know, I'm bi, or I'm gay, or I'm lesbian, or I'm trans, then the the cultural conversation turns to, no one needs to know all that. That should be private information. No one really needs to know who you're sleeping with. I'm like, bitch, for the last 30 years, you've been asking questions, (laughs) and now that I'm answering the question and proud about my answer, now you're saying, oh, that should be private information, and no one should know. No. You're going to get all of this. You're going to get all these queer posts. You're going to get all these rainbow colors <laughs> because you asked for them.
1: Yeah, for real. Yeah, this is just, um, it's, a big, it's a big topic. And I would love to know, um, why do you think it's so important? And I'm only asking this because we have elections coming up and I think it's important for people to hear. Why is so important that no matter how how, not so reasonable any other candidate on this ballot is maybe because they're a rapper and they're not very qualified or maybe they're also very old and they forget things while they're talking but why is it so important that the current president needs to leave office as soon so, as
2: possible <laughs> so let's like just now. be very very clear yes let's just be very very clear <laughs> if it was up to president trump the supreme court decision that was is only a couple of months old that said as of now no place in america is allowed to fire anyone who is lgbtq plus on the basis of their sexual orientation that just passed months ago Like as in two. If it was up to him and the people he supports that support him, that would be reversed, totally reversed. So I don't take it lightly this election. I don't take it lightly at all. There is much at stake, especially even with the Supreme Court nominee that is currently playing out in the news and in real life. There's a lot at stake for someone who loves like I do. There's also a lot at stake for people who look like I look, mm-hmm. because there are things that ongoing that have been on record. And so I'm not because of my military experience, I've, everything from a private to a captain and a commander. I don't, I don't do a great job at assuming things. I really do look for analytical information so where was it last stated where is the research so i have found actual documentation that suggests that this current administration does not value people who look like me nor people who love like me and so because of that reason i will do my best to ensure that changes how do i do that number one i vote And I vote this week, actually. I'm not in America now, but um, we in my state, we actually get to vote by email. So I'll be submitting my email vote. And I will do like I've always done for the past 20 years, uh, ask people to vote, register people to vote. I've registered people to vote for a very long time. Like I've taken upon myself to go to the county election board, get voter registration cards, get up, put a stand up at a well-attended event and register people, for like, that's what I've done. So I will continue doing all of those things because it really is that significant. And I think it's time for the world to know that America really can be the America, be- no, better than the America that we were. The rest of the world really needs to know that. Because right now, being abroad, I can totally see it. We, in some shape or form, are the laughing stock. It's like America is the, <laughs> the dumpster in the corner of the room that's on fire. And the rest of the world is like, why don't they just like stop the fire? So we need to do a better job at that by electing someone who can bring us together rather than divide us
1: yeah so if that wasn't really clear you should vote
0: <laughs> yes. everyone
1: who listens and is eligible <clears throat> should go registering voting and if that wasn't clear enough you should definitely not vote for trump
2: yes to I be, of what to I'm be totally it. clear i Yes, feel free. But yes, I am definitely to be 100 percent clear. Vote if you care about the if you care about me being what I look like and what I look like. I'm going to ask you to consider because I'm very clear about not telling people what to do. But I will ask you to strongly consider not voting for current President Trump and voting for at least voting for. Vice President Joe Biden. I will definitely make that public and state that. Yes.
1: There we go. Should we put a voting registration link down there <laughs> as well in the show notes? I don't know. Does it help?
2: Uh, you hey, if, if you want to, feel free. Of course, some states your deadline to register was October fifth. So some states that time has already come and gone. But for others, you still have time to register. If you didn't, and you definitely still have time to vote.
1: So that means if you forgot to register in your state, you should be moving to a state now where you can still register to vote <laughs> and vote for the right person.
2: Hey, if it if I you if that state if that state allows you to do that, then all, by all means do that. If that state allows it uh, and it's all legal and it's uh, great, hey, uh. knock yourself out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, we have a few minutes left. And sure. I would love to hear from you how you're supporting the LGBTQ plus community. And also, I know you have something really amazing coming up. So I want to hear about that.
2: Yeah. So besides, of course, coaching my queer siblings, because that's what I call them, my queer siblings, besides coaching them to reach their first $10,000, something else that we have set up. So I have a nonprofit organization and we have. We do have a 501c3 designation from the IRS, thankfully, uh, to make us legit. So one thing that we're doing within the organization, which is called the Laveau Foundation, is we have set up uh, a program called Phoenix Pride. Phoenix Mm. Pride is a scholarship. What that scholarship does is it provides funding for our trans siblings to change their names legally. Why is this important? Let's just I love that. <laughs> Let's just say we are in a group and it's like 5 of us and two of the 5 are trans. And we are all getting ready to go on holiday and we are at the airport. Well, if we have tickets if one person we know this human as Marissa and we know this other human as Paul. But on Marissa's identification, it says Matthew. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some significant issues at the TSA gate. At the security gate, there's going to be significant issues. There are also significant issues with banking. So if I desire to open an account, get a loan, even a business loan, and my just my basic credentials don't match what I put on the application, there's going to be another set of hoops to go through. And I'm really about, if you haven't noticed yet, I'm really about allowing life to love me back and allowing life to be easy. Because life isn't hard. Humans make life hard. So,
1: They're really great in making it hard.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so I had to think to myself, "What? how could I make life easier for someone else? And this uh-huh. is how we can do that. We are actually providing our very first person, person that's going to be able to receive this scholarship this month. So in the Yay! month of October, this is going to happen. And I'm very stoked about it. Very, very <laughs> stoked about it. And we actually have people applying. So they go to, um, I believe it's phoenixpride.co is where they go to apply. And we do have applicants there. And yeah, I'm very excited for this.
1: This is amazing, really. This is such a great thing, especially because I haven't heard of anyone doing this uh, for our trans siblings. I love that name too, trans siblings. (laughs) So and it's such, a, it's such an amazing thing, especially because the name is something that is kind of like a big part of an identity that we like create, but also that we, yeah, attach ourselves to, right? So right. as you say, it can not only create this disconnect between life giving us what we are deserving, but also it can be such a... It can be such a, I, I believe it could be re-traumatizing if you already made the transition and if you already re-identify yourself mm-hmm. and then you're consistently being identified wrongly because, right. just because of me. Right? Exactly.
2: Exactly. Agreed. And that's why, that's another reason why I did it for sure.
1: I love that. So tell me about the magic that's coming up in your masterclass.
2: <laughs> so there is definitely magic being conjured in this right now moment. And I say that because I have finally said yes to a virtual summit, a two-day virtual summit. Now, I <laughs> it's been years. It's been years since I've done a virtual summit. But now that I'm crystal clear about who I serve, how I serve them, what results I provide for them, and actually where they are, <laughs> because all of those components And entrepreneurship are important when you're talking about your business. Now that I'm very clear about all of that, it's time. And so the magic that I've conjured um, has taken shape, and it is called the Proud and Paid Masterclass. So this two-day virtual summit is for my queer siblings. Now, if my straight siblings decide to come, hey, come on, you're so welcome. This is not people that have been uh, disenfranchised and cast aside. We don't gain power by now disenfranchising and casting aside others. No, no, not at all. So you're totally welcome to come. However, we will uh, when we talk. When you hear things, it will be for our queer siblings. And so mm-hmm. these two days, November twentieth and twenty first, two thousand and twenty, we will be discussing everything that someone who is an LGBTQ plus entrepreneur may be dealing with. Uh, so we will have a success panel to talk about what success has looked like. I definitely have had experiences being a queer entrepreneur, things like in, things that maybe our straight siblings don't consider. So our straight mm-hmm. siblings don't always consider that when you go on Fiverr or other gig economy type of sites, before you buy a gig, you have to contact every seller, And say, hey, I'm doing this for the LGBT community. Is this something you feel comfortable
1: doing? Oh yeah, that's a big one.
2: Yeah, not not everybody will allow you, will accept your order. So, and I know what it's like to create a podcast and have the person try to hire somebody who has an agency to develop the artwork. And I say, hey, you know, I love my artwork. They say, Oh, we have a guy for that who's from Jamaica. And I say, ooh, <laughs> that country! I know about that country. I've been there. That probably is not going to go well. And they say, no, 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 Asa, you're crazy. This is 2019. This is you're crazy. Nothing's bad going to happen. And then two days later, they come back and say, I'm so sorry. Like they won't do your stuff. They won't do your art work because they don't believe in how you live. And I say, well, I told you that. <laughs> you thought I was playing. <laughs> Yeah. So I Damn. and because I know what those stories feel like, I know it's like to come out when you already have a business. I know it's like to think that you can't have predictable revenue because of how you show up in the world as your authentic self. I know all of those things and I know how to overcome them. So I'm yeah. not talking from a place of being stuck, I'm talking from a mm-hmm. space of being successful. Not stuck, but yep. successful. And so I'm bringing on uh, a few friends. So, Monet Exchange, Kennedy Davenport from RuPaul's Drag Race, as well as uh, Kimmy G, who is a choreographer, but is also well known as one of Beyonce's dance captains. She'll be on. <laughs> She'll be on. Um, and then we're working with a couple other well known influencers still, even though we have over 12 speakers already. Because we have 12 speakers already, but it's going to be great. And it's really easy to sign up. You can either go to the proudandpaid.com website. So that's proudandpaid.com. I see again, that's proudandpaid.com. Or you can just send your, you can actually text it. You can register by one step in text. Uh, one step in text is literally saying, Sending your first name and your email address, and you text that to 405 213 2369. That's all you do. And then we'll respond to you, let you know you're registered, and you're good to go. You don't have to do anything else. So we are doing, making sure what? It's easy, because easy is important. And so we're very excited about it. Press releases have gone out. Oh, and then, then one last thing it's going to be distributed on Apple TV, Roku. Fire Stick TV and Android TV. So, this Oh, yes,
1: it does. Uh-uh.
2: <laughs> so, very excited about all of this. Also, those you forgot things.
1: to mention, you forgot to mention that the easiest thing to register is to just go in the show notes down below and click the link.
2: Yes. Yes. That's Please go to the show easiest. notes below because that's why you're here. <laughs> that's the easiest. Exactly.
1: Course. That's where they're already here. So, they just exactly. scroll down, click the exactly. link, and bam. And remember,
2: you don't have to be a queer sibling to attend or to get value. Believe me, you will get value. I promise.
1: And a lot of rainbow colors. Who doesn't want (laughs) rainbow
2: colors? Yes, value covered in glitter.
1: (laughs) Oh, glitter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Aza, um, I have two more questions that are really quick that I ask every guest. What does efficiency mean to you?
2: Efficiency means you valuing your time as though you are divine.
1: (laughs) Bam! I think that's my favorite answer so far. (laughs) And the last one. If you were, had to push the reset button on your life right now and get back to the success that you have. Which are the three things that you would keep doing over and over again to create your success?
2: Oh my God! To go back in time, I would have stopped talking to every single person who did not overbelieve that I could do it. Mmm. Like immediately, friend, family, confidant, lover—doesn't matter. Like you're out. <laughs> Another thing, Hi, I w- <laughs> another thing I would have done, I would have dreamt bigger, because it takes the same level of energy to dream on a five dollar level as it takes to do the five thousand dollar level.
1: You mean the five million level? Yeah.
2: Or the five million dollar level, or the five hundred million dollar level. Like it takes a lot of energy to. Yeah, I would have just added zeros to my dreams. Yeah, in a nutshell. And then the third thing that I would have done going back to get to, to the success now, I would have loved me a lot harder.
1: Oh, hell yeah. And the good thing is you have enough time to still do that. So let's do it now.
2: Yeah. Facts. Facts on facts on facts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Aza, I love you so much. So, you it's, it, Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so, so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be able to share the um, proud and paid masterclass with you and also hopefully having everyone coming on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's share one more thing where people can find you. Maybe it's Facebook or your website sure. um, so they can easily track you down sure. and get some more glitter laugh.
2: The easiest place to connect with me is actually going to be asaleveau.com. And so, how do you spell that? That's A S A L E V E A U X. That's A S A L E V E A U X. For all of my veterans, my veteran siblings out there, that's Alpha, Sierra, Alpha, Lima, Echo, Victor, Echo, Alpha, Uniform, X Ray.com. And believe me, if you just type in Google, Ace I am the only Ace syllable that exists in the world. So, <laughs> so no matter what social media platform you're on, if you just type Ace syllable, I'm popping up. It's going to be me because yeah, I'm the only one.
1: I love it. The one and only. Yes, the one and the only.
2: Truly, truly,
1: truly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Asa, so thank you so much and um, all the best and keep sharing all of the love.
2: We'll do that every day. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You've been listening to Efficiency On Demand. On Demand. We hope you've learned that you too can unlock your ultimate potential, how to control your time, create some clarity in your crazy life, and how to live life limitless. Limitless. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please follow on Instagram at TheMoniqueLindner. We'll see you next time on Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Remember to slow down to speed up.